Hello, uh, Gertrude. Yes? Is Boris S. Wart uh, answering his call Julius, yet? do you just want to fool around, or do you no. do what? Do no. you want to talk to him? No, I want to talk to him. Hurry. All right. Chase, this is Boris S. Wart, the second meanest man in the world. <laughs> I've got Boris S. Wart, the second meanest man in the world. Felix Pinnell joins us now, our resident historian, with two stories. The first is an update on the effort to create the commemorative J.P. Patches and Gertrude license plate. That's what you just heard in case you're new to Seattle. <laughs> and the second is about a beloved West Seattle landmark that a local group is showing off this weekend. Felix brought to us by Lake Washington Windows and Doors. Yeah, the theme of both these stories is volunteers taking charge to improve their communities. Um, first up, the group's been trying for seven years to create an official J.P. Patches and Gertrude license plate like those special plates you see for sports teams or bird watching or skiing or whatever, but this time with J.P. and Gertrude on it. Now, for those in the audience who don't know who J.P. and Gertrude were, they were the stars of a kid's show on Cairo TV, 1958-1981. So that means the show went off the air more than 40 years ago. But J.P. and Gertrude, who were played by the late Chris Wiedis and Bob Newman, uh, they got even more popular in the decades that followed. I like to say that they transcended television. So creating a plate like this takes money, signatures, and three dedicated patches pals, named Eric Madsen, Chris Rimple, and Kurt Hanks, plus a little thing I like to call the state legislature. Now, after something like five attempts to get the bill uh, passed, creating the plate, the good news came last night. It's a phone message from Representative Jake Fye. He's chair of the House Transportation Committee. We just passed the J.P. Patches license plate bill off the floor of the House. There is a little bit of language correction that the Senate will need to agree to, but I think all systems are go for getting this great license plate out there for people to enjoy and raise money for the Children's Hospital. Now, Representative Fye mentioned Children's Hospital. Proceeds from the plate fees are roughly $50,000 a year. will go to support the Seattle Children's. That's where J.P. and Gertrude, again, Chris Wiedis and Bob Newman, both contributed a lot. And uh, J.P. was a regular visitor there, not unlike a certain former quarterback uh, who shall remain nameless, but I don't mean Jim Zorn. No. Now, the group of volunteers, uh, the Patches Pals, you can imagine, are pretty excited to finally cross the finish line. This is Eric Madsen last night, not long after he got the good news. This has been a long, arduous process, and I'm not sure that it's sunk in all the way yet. We actually made it this far. Um, after seven years of many, many ups and downs, um, I'm incredibly relieved and excited to see that the bill will finally pass the legislature and the thousands of Washingtonians will be able to show their love for J.P. Patches and Gertrude. Yes, there is, a, there is a little bit of language for the Senate to approve. That should happen today or Thursday at the latest, and then Governor Inslee has to sign it. Um, last year, an Inslee spokesperson uh, took the fairly unusual step of telling us that the governor did support the Patches Pell plate. Everyone feels pretty good about this becoming the law of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, now, page does, two. What? Now, does the money for that go to any special thing? or just? Yeah, to... it generates about $50,000 a year that goes to Seattle Children's every single year. It's for cancer research at the hospital where J.P. and Gertrude are volunteers, which is a great thing. So. All right, now, second story, page two, as I've always wanted to say on the page radio. Page two. You might remember a campaign a few years ago to preserve a distinctive little cottage along Alki Beach covered in stones. Mm-hmm. Well, the group of West Seattleites who did that, who call themselves Save the Stone Cottage, they recently won a community advocacy award from the preservation group Historic Seattle, and they'll be offering tours of the cottage this weekend. I went out yesterday to get a sneak peek. Um, Mike Shaughnessy gave me a little tour. You know, 30 years in West Seattle, I've driven <clears throat> past this structure thousands of times and I only wish I would have stopped because I thought many times I should stop and talk to that lady she must be cool you know it turns <laughs> out she was quite cool now the roadside landmark was originally just a little wooden cottage along Harbor Avenue but the cool woman who Mike Shaughnessy referenced uh, her name was Eva Falk 
She was something of an iconoclast, maybe even a bohemian, and sometime back in the 30s, she decided to take her simple wooden house and decorate the exterior with stones. This is Mike Shaughnessy again. She horse-traded with homeless people from Hooverville, which was in South Seattle here, uh, these old-world craftsmen, probably European mason craftsmen, and the craftsmen would come over and they would do the uh, stone veneer exterior finish on it in exchange for homemade meals. Now, you might be wondering where all those stones came from, and that's one of the coolest parts of the story. Eva's children, uh, two of which are still alive, were three and four years old, and they were the ones who took wagons all up and down Alki Beach, all the way from the lighthouse down to, say, Salty's, and they collected rocks. And if you'll notice, above the windows and the door frames, there's a row of black rocks, and those were hard to find, so they had to, they had to selectively use the black rocks just above the window frames for accents. Now, Eva Falk died in 1997 at age 92, and her family lived in that little house until they sold the property to developers back in 2018. Everyone thought the little cottage was doomed, and that's when the group of volunteers stepped in. And what Mike Shaughnessy and his group did was to get the developers to give them the cottage, and then they actually raised enough money to move it very carefully from its original location. Now, that was back in August, and they carefully trucked it a mile or so, and it's stored on Port of Seattle property up on blocks in a parking lot. And not a single stone fell off. They had volunteers wow. walking behind with shovels, almost like a circus parade, they said. But not a single rock. I mean, the, 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 they did such a good job wrapping it up and putting it, all the mortar and stuff around it 80 years ago or whatever that it just it didn't lose a single stone. Now, they've been in talks with Seattle Parks and Recreation about finding a spot on public land, maybe near the Alki Bathhouse. But if that doesn't work out, they do have a plan B in mind involving Salty's Restaurant. So we've been in close contact with them. They would love to put it up near the sidewalk on the Salty's property and have it be a little walk-up fish and chip shack, which would be great. You know, it, it, uh, it meets our three objectives. It saves the structure, keeps it in its neighborhood, and it keeps it open to the public. Yeah, and so this Saturday, they will have tours. They're not getting inside the building, but you'll be able to get up close and see it. Um, Historic Seattle has information on their website. We have links and some photos at My Northwest. But it's just a, one of these things. If you ever drove past this any time in the last 40 years or whatever at Alki, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do, do you remember that? Anybody remember that structure? Is that Vaguely. I think it was yeah. years ago. But that's a great idea. Uh, we could always use another tourist attraction. Yes, and another fish and chip shack with, with like five-cent tartar. Like they have I can't at, uh, tell Spud if you're or, serious, yeah. <laughs> No, no. When I, you said we could always use it. Okay. I, I, I think we could. I, okay. I also think eventually there should be a Russell Wilson statue. Should yes. I bring, is it too early to bring that up? No, oh. we're clinging to things like that right now. I because agree. Yeah. We, we have a Ken Griffey statue, and he left, yep. and we still put the statue up. Yeah, but he had to wait years for that statue and well, had yeah, to be I'm put saying, in the Hall of Fame. No, no. I, I'm not saying do it now. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to fight about it first. <laughs> but. We, we can melt down the J.P. Patches statue and turn no, it into no, no, He's no, got a license plate now, though. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah, a Russell Wilson statue. That's the first mention I've heard of that, Dave. I think you should the campaign to raise the money mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, well, um, sure, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think you're... Get right on that. <laughs> you're the person who does the, the history crusade. No, I'll save it when but, it's threatened 50 years from now. I'll say, save the Russell Wilson statue. When people well, are saying he was a turncoat <laughs> and a traitor, I'll say, no, no, kids, you have to hear the whole story. It was a radio station, and there was a stadium, and we used to get and listen to the radio every Sunday, and they won lots of games. They tore down the building, and no. the statue was buried, but I found it. <laughs> Are you two? <laughs> and they threw it away again because they knew it was me. Hey, how's that star doing, by the way, the Macy's star? Hey, it's fine. It's lovely. It's in good shape. Everything, you know, it's it's everything's going to turn out okay. That's the message I'd like to pass on from from the history department here at Cairo News Radio. Ah.
Are you two really going to talk like that when you get old? Yeah, I, I already like, talk like that when I'm at home. So. <laughs> I'm the only one who's entitled to talk like an that's, old guy that's around true. here. That's true. <laughs> yeah. By the way, buried in this story, Felix, how long did it take you to get into and out of West Seattle? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was, these, now the pandemic's over. Doing stories in person, it's four, I leave four hours a week yeah. now traveling, especially oh, in right. West Seattle. It yeah. won't be a tourist destination. It'll be a tourist trap. <laughs> They'll be trapped in West Seattle forever. <laughs> Check it out this weekend. It's really he had, cool. He had to leave his car behind on West Marginal Way. He <laughs> yeah. walked here. This yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Without concrete flowing, <laughs> might be a while before we get that bridge open. All of Felix's features are safely housed at MyNorthwest.com. Thanks, guys, Felix. Thanks, we Dave. just threw out so many news headlines in that conversation. <laughs> concrete strike. Yes. West Seattle. It's all tied together. There's no escape from history or news.